When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Testing, testing. Still way too loud. Can you get Jamie? Can you please come get Ellie? Okay, let's try this again. You're listening to the Neurodivergent Nurse, and I'm your host, Jamie. I'm a registered nurse who has ADHD. On this podcast, we will talk all things ADHD. I'm really just beginning to learn about this diagnosis and how to navigate through it. But I am so excited to take you on this messy and raw journey with me so that we can learn together. So let's get started. Hello, my wonderful neurodivergent family, as always. I really hope that you're having a great week. This episode is a day late and I am so sorry and I ask you for your forgiveness. I had planned on finishing everything up last night on Tuesday to get it out before my midnight deadline. But I worked yesterday and I typically leave my job around, let's say, 7.15, 7.30 p.m. And with my commute, I normally get home around 9 p.m. So I would have had plenty of time to finish this up and be able to get it out to you. But it's not uncommon in the world of nursing especially in rapid response, that an emergency happens. And just as night shift was showing up, a code blue was called overhead that I had to respond to. And the charting that goes along with codes after the great outcome that often happens takes forever. So I didn't get home last night until about 11 p.m. And I'm going to be honest, I was pretty exhausted. So I hope that you forgive me. But here we are today. All my life, I have really, really loved inspirational quotes. I I mean, I was always a big reader and would always find myself like wrapped in a book. And even growing up, whenever my mom would want to punish me for something that I did wrong, she would ground me from extracurricular reading. But I really do feel instead of listening to lengthy speeches and things like that, that there are certain bits of knowledge that can be found in quotes and excerpts from just really brilliant people or the people who were fighting for justice or any type of change just to get a tiny glimpse into their brain and what was the catalyst behind for them to do so much good and so much inspiration to others. The Dalai Lama once said, one of the secrets of inner peace is the practice of compassion. There are a lot of really wonderful quotes about how to be a compassionate person and the importance of compassion that you show to others. So many are easy to find. I want to talk to you about self-compassion and self-compassion as a new ADHD treatment. New research shows that practicing self-compassion allows individuals with ADHD to be more successful in managing symptoms and to flourish in ways that they may not have believed possible. Attention deficit disorder certainly amplifies stressful emotions and self-doubt, yet real solutions rely on seeing all of this accurately. If we underestimate the consequences of ADHD or if we deny that someone even has it, we can't fully manage it. 
The clarity needed for said management starts with seeing ADHD as affecting our overall self-management skills, not focusing specifically on behavior. ADHD hinders the ability to meet goals in any situation. It's not just a school disorder. If you're listening to this podcast episode, I'm guessing that you already know that. Let's talk about how ADHD gets in the way of itself, since strategies for managing ADHD are often undermined by its symptoms. Knowing these details about ADHD, it may just steer decisions about what to do next. Living with ADHD often affects self-perception. I know that I struggled a lot with social anxiety because of my self-perception. ADHD may mean having the best intentions but yet you still fall short. Friends and family may say that you should just know better or maybe you should work harder. I don't know if you're aware, but one of the talents of people with ADHD brains is that we love to create and it is no different for yours truly. I actually happen to have an Etsy shop. The name is Hope for Human Kindness, where my creations are up for sale, whether it's art on canvas, art on wine bottles, handmade door hangers by myself and my mom together. Head on over and check it out and see if maybe, just maybe, you want to bring some of that beauty into your everyday life as well. And again, the Etsy shop is hope for human kindness and it's all one word. Now go check it out before you forget and then come back and finish listening to this podcast episode. But really, you're already doing what you can. This type of negative feedback that we've likely heard for many years really takes a toll. And that leads a lot of us to doubt our ability to handle our own ADHD. When we make plans for managing our ADHD, it really requires us to have sustained effort and for us to have problem-solving skills. I believe that a lot of us have great problem-solving skills. So we already have one of those boxes checked, right? Like with any challenge we face, overcoming ADHD, it's really going to require resilience from us. To be resilient, we must identify with our strengths, and we also need to recognize our imperfections as we learn. Because of ADHD's negative effect on our self-perception, sustained resilience may require an ongoing practice of self-compassion. The idea of self-compassion or grace that I seem to urge us all to have on this podcast is pretty straightforward. We don't mentally treat ourselves nearly as well as we would our close friend or even a child. When we do this, it turns out it has real-life implications, potentially eroding our self-image, our confidence, and our overall happiness throughout the years. Self-compassion is a reality-based antidote for self-criticism and perfectionism. We learn to value self-improvement and take responsibility for our mistake, but we don't do it without inner heckling. I know all the time, all the time, whenever I make a mistake, I constantly, I mean, I'm, my husband laughs at me because if I do something, I don't know, silly, drop a cup, break it, damn it, Jamie, he hears that around the house probably 10 times a day from my own mouth. And in my head, I think, stop being so stupid or that was so dumb. Why would you do that to myself? But research shows that self-compassion improves how we feel, it improves our problem solving and persistence, and it also improves how we treat others. It builds resilience when we face the effects of ADHD as well. So let me ask you a question. If you're getting ready to go to an important meeting, but then you spilled a cup of coffee on the papers that you brought, what would your first thoughts be? 
I'm willing to bet that it would be something along the lines of, oh my gosh, I always screw this up. Nothing ever works out. I'm such an idiot. Now, I want you to try this. Imagine watching your closest friend do the same thing. There's an important meeting, the coffee spills, and their papers are ruined. What are your reactions to you watching your friend do this? What do you say to your friend? Do you say, ah, oh, it's okay. It's not, it's not the end of the world. Me, personally, I would even add, if that's the worst thing that happens to you this week, you're good. I say that all the time to other people whenever they make mistakes. But think about it. If we were to begin to practice this type of self-talk, we can shift that kind of compassion onto ourselves. I do believe that we have a, a misperception that a perfectionistic and critical attitude keeps us motivated, which makes sense, right? I mean, if you're critical of your actions and outcomes, you're going to have better results. Turns out, I'm wrong. Research shows otherwise. Perfection is impossible to achieve. We know that. And striving for it really wears down motivation and it leaves us no room to fail and to recover. As we would tell anyone else, if you want to succeed, you must have the desire to improve. And also, you need to have the space to stumble, to reassess, and to move forward again. I remind new nurses often that you have to crawl before you can walk, and you have to walk before you can run. It's a process of growth. Unfortunately, you are going to fail many times when transitioning from crawling to walking. That's a part of being human. A strong mindset relies on belief that our effort matters. How would we advise a child? You would tell them, you made a mistake. Now, what can we do next? This patient view leaves more room for progress. It leaves more room for problem solving and for long-term effort. With practice, we can cultivate a more balanced view of ourselves, our lives, and our ADHD. Now, how do mindfulness and self-compassion support someone with ADHD? It turns out that it helps us realize that self-image and self-doubt are not hardwired mental traits, but they're habits that can be changed. A typical self-compassion practice really has three parts from the research that I've done. The first part is observing what's going on right now. That's the mindfulness part. The second is connection with others. This is often called common humanity. And thirdly, actively developing and building a healthier self-perspective. Okay, so let's start with the mindfulness part. I did a past episode of mindfulness meditation and its benefits on the ADHD brain. So we're going to go over it again, the mindfulness part, not the meditation. Mindfulness is seeing life as it is. If we fail to do this, we easily get caught up in denial in fear or even anger. We may even shut down or lash out. Being mindful in the present certainly doesn't mean that everything's okay. It means that we need to accept when we're unhappy. Maybe even admit whenever we're overwhelmed by having a sick parent and unknowing what tomorrow holds. You just have to take it all in. You need to have the mindset that there's nothing to fix yet, but this is how things are for me right now. The second is about our connection with others. Connection with other people, it really helps us build resilience. Our struggles with or without ADHD makes us feel separate and unique in our failings a lot of times. It seems that we're the only person who screws up or had to withdraw the second semester of nursing school because you just didn't feel your grades would be high enough to continue. ADHD, believe it or not, is common. With or without it, we all wrestle with something. The second part of self-compassion practice is reminding ourselves that everyone, including everyone with ADHD, 
has struggles. I listen to Armchair Experts with Dax Shepard. I absolutely adore his wife, Kristen Bell. His first podcast episode several years ago, she was his guest, and I remember the two of them talking about the taboo of making mistakes. Dax, if you don't know it, he has battled addiction for years, and they talked about the shame people feel from imperfection, which really made me think back then. There are so many things that I've done in life that have been terrible, or I'm really too ashamed to share because I don't want someone to see the tainted version of Jamie. What has this done by not being a resource to people who are feeling alone in their fight and their struggle, or they just may feel that they're a bad person? In reality, we really benefit from a sense of community. Whether we get something from them knowing that we're not going through it alone, that we're not the only ones who have made this error, or that we can see good people who have made bad choices in life or who just have flaws and they are wonderful and they are successful. And it also helps to give back to that same community to let them see your success and how you have navigated through and how you have managed to overcome the struggles that with ADHD is your brain or the struggles that just come with being human and making choices that aren't always great. And honestly, that aren't even good. The last aspect to the practice is to start treating ourselves as we would our best friend. It's not that we're perfect, and it's not that we don't need to fix something, but we can push back against the irrational voice of self-criticism. So without striving or trying to make something magical happen, we really need to remind ourselves how we would treat a friend in the same situation. Research suggests that self-compassion practice can be profound for anyone. With ADHD, the practice of self-compassion builds a foundation that allows for positive changes while navigating whatever ADHD care requires. Self-compassion allows individuals to flourish in ways that they may not have believed was possible before. And that's exactly what the point is of this practice that I'm going to tell you about. So this exercise can be used in a couple of ways. With all of the mindfulness, the real intention is to build traits through repetition. We practice so that a new way of thinking is ingrained in us. One approach is to set a timer for several minutes. Anywhere from 5 to 15 minutes will work just fine. And follow the instructions that I'm about to give you. First, I'm going to get you to start by sitting or lying in a comfortable position. If you're sitting, I need you to aim to remain alert and upright. You can either close your eyes or you can shift your gaze to something non-distracting. Second, take a few deep breaths. Gather your attention, which may be caught up in fear, joy, worries, or anything else. Now, focus on the movement of your body with each full breath. Next, with each inhalation, I want you to just observe it all. You might say to yourself, this is what my experience is right now. Or, this is how it feels, for better, for worse. Then consider, everyone has moments like this. Number four, with each exhalation, I want you to set an intention. One that just feels natural and something that you would probably say to a friend. Like, may I find strength and kindness for myself right now. Number five, you will get distracted almost immediately. Let's be real. That's what our minds do. I want you to treat this distraction in the same way. If it happens, don't get frustrated. Just come back to take the next breath. Continue in this way for a few breaths until your timer goes off. Now, in any moment, you can reset your perspective. For a few breaths, remind yourself, right now, amid all of the stress, may I remain solid, grounded, and kind to myself. And that becomes easier over time, especially when you combine it with regular meditation practice. 
If you would like to contribute to this podcast, you can go to patreon.com forward slash the neurodivergent nurse where you can get exclusive bonus episodes, script of the show prior to the release, uncut video interviews of the guests, input on upcoming shows and ideas, and even more. Also, be sure to follow the neurodivergent nurse on Instagram and TikTok. And if you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to share it with someone that you think could also benefit from the neurodivergent nurse. And go ahead while you have time and while you're thinking about it and rate it and leave a review five stars on your favorite listening platform so that other people can find the show easily as well and i hope you have a wonderful week and i can't wait to talk to you again